No, that's not it. That's definitely not it. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? This is the Fee to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell, along with uh, my my uh, I guess frantic co-host. We'll call him Brock Landis. Brock, what, what what's up with you? What, what's going on? What, you what see, you, what's... here's the problem, right? <laughs> I don't have a fresh haircut. And I promised I'd be looking fresh with the hair last episode. So that's letdown number one. Number two, I just got off what? Like a three or four hour shift at Retro Fitness? Austin, let me tell you something. Okay, tell me something. Is my up? Working at a gym during a pandemic is like one of the worst possible jobs you could you can have. It's not even bad because it's not crowded and I, I, I really don't have to interact with people, but for some reason, people just feel like I'm therapy. So when people walk in, when they come out during their workouts, they just come and bother me. And I'm just standing behind a counter and there's all these six feet signs. You're in the gym to work out, right? So I got people that come to the gym to watch Ace Ventura in the cardio room that come up and converse with me at the front counter about why they feel fat. If any of you have done that, that <laughs> to me specifically, shut up. I don't care. Stay away from me. Wow. No, it's pretty cool. I got employee, I got this thing I can strap off. What's employee that? Employee of the month. Employee of the month yeah. right there. Really cares I, about the client. I, well, I'm i going to say some things that will get me in trouble with retro fitness, so let me stop real quick. But All I right. have this thing now I wear, which is like a jet pack almost. It's got sanitizer in the back, and I have a strap, so I could just start spraying sanitizer at people if they get too close. That's a very, it's a lovely way to open the podcast. I, I love that story. That's good stuff right there. That's good content. Um, so we do have a lot to discuss today. Um, the Sixers have been in there. I guess they've had their media sessions via via Zoom the last couple uh, couple days, and there are some some I wouldn't say stunning, but some striking, some colorful quotes from um, you know the Sixers. I wanted to dive into in a couple of the of the uh, you know the words being used. Let's let's start off the bat with with Joel Embiid because I thought that his words were the most um, I guess colorful, the most uh, not not provocative per se, but the most I guess thought out and the most I guess malignant and or you know um, well known in one direction is, is I guess is the way to put it. He Embiid says, "I hated the idea." But then again, I'm going to do my job. I'm not going to let the city down. I'm going to represent my city. That's what I've always done. My family, my teammates, the mindset doesn't change. It doesn't matter the fact that I don't like that idea and I still don't believe in it. I don't think it's going to be safe. So that's pretty, you know, that's, that's pretty damning. I mean, he tells you exactly how, 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 he, uh, how he feels. There's no bullshit there. Um, and you know, I, I respect that. I do. I think a lot of guys, you know, it, it, not everybody's going to wants to give, you know, in-depth answers, especially because quite frankly, they don't, they're not required to, to, to be, you know, in front of the media, uh, at least not for one-on-one, uh, you know, content right now. So I think, it, I think it was, you know, it's a, it's, it's a lot to work with there, uh, that, that statement. Um, and you know, I, I don't think it makes them like the consummate professional per se, because, the end of the day, a lot of guys are going down there. A lot of guys are, are, are gonna, you know, are going down there in, in an unsafe situation. Some have wives and kids. Some are, you know, are, are playing for contracts next next season. Um, so you know, Embiid has you know a lot has a lot to lose in that it's his it's his life. But a lot of people are going down there to 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 do that. Um, and you know, I, I do commend him that he views it as number one. I'm not gonna you know, just disregard my responsibility. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to I'm going down there to represent my city. I think that's admirable. Um, a lot of guys view it as like a business decision. Um, and a lot of guys view it as like a personal decision. They don't want to jeopardize their health. Um, so, so I, I give him, I give him props for that. What, what, what do you take from that? I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Austin, and our opinions on this okay. have been pretty. Well, don't uniform. say it that way. Don't say it that way. <laughs> Why is that? Listen, our, our opinions have been pretty uniform with this COVID situation because I think you, as well as myself, are pretty like-minded individuals. And I, I'd give you the compliment of calling you level-headed, although that, that head might be a little big on your shoulders. You're pretty level-headed nonetheless. Now, I think with this situation, 
there's going to be a wide variety of, of differing opinions, and I think that's okay. I personally subscribe to the ideology that players are free to feel whatever they want. Um, I mentioned on the last episode, we are owed nothing as sports fans. So if a player feels like they're going to jeopardize their career or their health or their family or their well-being going to Orlando, then that's okay for them to publicly express that. I think I'd be lying if, as a fan, I said that a, a large majority, probably more than 50% of players going to Orlando are having second thoughts or, or maybe not second thoughts, but they're worried about going to Orlando. And, sure. and again, I think that's completely fine. Uh, so what I took from Joel Embiid's quote, specifically the the one you just mentioned, is that he's going to go to Orlando. Uh, he, he's going to do his job. Everybody has a job. His is just playing basketball. So he's going to go to Orlando and, and play basketball and compete there. Uh, does he trust the, the players or personnel around him? Not exactly. And and I wouldn't either if I was going to Orlando. Um, but from the big fella, Joe, he said what he's going to do is stay true to himself and, and try to keep everybody in his family safe. And he's just going to go play basketball. And and I think if, if you want to publicly express any displeasure or concerns, you should be more than able to do so. Yeah, I think it was also interesting that he said that, you know, he mentioned that he didn't think people would follow the rules because it's something that we've kind of all thought about. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's sort of been mentioned. Um, I actually, I asked an agent about it a couple weeks ago. I asked him, you know, like, what, what was the biggest factor he thought that would, would attribute to guys leaving the bubble, whether that be like, um, you know, they're, they're antsy, they're trying to just, you know, they want to go they want to go and they go run around Disney or whatever. And he said, no, it's, it's the fact that, that they don't have access to women for, for, for however many months. And, you know, it's like, it sounds like so obvious and kind of like funny to think about it that way. Like, damn, that's how much it means to you. Um, especially cause like you've, you know, you've, You've been around your wife, your, your wife for the last couple months. You've been around a girlfriend, I guess, the last couple months. But uh, then Stephen A. says it, and you're like, "Well, this, there, there, this is a, this is a, not just a, uh, you know, an, un, an an unspoken belief, but it's a, it's like a very real thing." Um, and you know, I think he's right. I don't think I think a lot of guys are gonna try to sneak out and get better food, um, go do something from time to time. Um, and I think you know that that's the biggest concern with this with this whole situation is. It, once you get it from one person, you're spreading it to your team. Then your team spreads it to an opponent, and then the next opponent that they play gets it, and then suddenly it's rampant in the bubble. So I think it, you know, while it's not going to happen, it is. It has to be a collective effort to you know remain disciplined, find ways to pass the time, but don't leave the bubble if you if if it's not something that's really significant or important. Um, and you know, and I think that there's going to be. Um, I think, I think we'll know about it if people are leaving the bubble. I really do. I think it's not, I think it's going to be pretty hard to like sort of, keep, sort of keep incognito, keep, keep quiet. I think it's, what I are think, those rings for, you know, the rings that are giving players rings. What are the rings for? Is that for making sure they stay in the bubble or is that? Yeah. It's like tracking rings. So. Oh, okay. So that's but completely normal like, and not a black mirror episode at all. <laughs> but like, let's say like, I'm sure that there's some way that you can like, deem that like defective or like break it somehow like whether it be you know, oh i accidentally wash my hands and it and you know it, whatever i i just think that there's gonna be a way to get around it um i wanted to dive into kendrick perkins now oh, uh, <laughs> God, bro. oh man um there's never been quite an nba analyst on espn like kendrick perkins kendrick perkins uh says yesterday on uh first take I don't hear none of the other contenders complaining. To me, this is just an excuse. When they get knocked out, this is going to be the excuse their superstar, Joel Embiid, was halfway in. His mental wasn't there. Um, so I read that. So that's in response to Joel being concerned. Today, Embiid is in a hazmat suit, which I thought was fucking hilarious. I thought that was, thought that was yeah, the greatest thing ever. Was. And yeah. I, was all, I didn't think it was like a – I don't think it was a troll job. I thought it was kind of him being him, his personality, his, his, his jokester self. I thought it was also an even bigger message about how people feel, how Joel feels about this situation. He knows that he's so important to this franchise, to this team, uh, to his coach's future, and he can't risk anything. He has to stay that, you know, you know, th that, 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 that covered up. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be walking around Florida with that on, but I thought it was like a, you know, 
don't just shrug and laugh this off and chalk it up to, oh, it's JoJo being JoJo. No, this is a very real illness that people, athletes, young athletes are concerned about. Um, and then Perkins tweets after that, seriously, if he feels this way about going to the bubble, he should have just opted out. No one would have looked at him differently. And that being the day after his previous comment about, I don't hear none of the other contenders complaining to me, this is just an excuse. Two minutes later, and I, I kid you not, it was literally two minutes later, Perkins deletes the tweet and says, do you thang, big fella, with three emojis, one being a suit to represent the hazmat suit, one being a 100 sign, and I forget the third <laughs> one. But Kendrick Perkins is just the ultimate fraud. I mean, nothing – he, he is a horrible, horrible representation of, of, of the NBA post-retirement. I mean, you know, I understand that ESPN is trying to figure out, you know, like they're trying to get former talent that had been in the league. Um, my, my thing is this about Kendrick Perkins. What talent, what right does he have to talk about anybody else? He averaged 5.4 points and 5.8 rebounds for his career. He, 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 he's in nothing in the NBA. More turnovers than assists, too. Those are the Brock Landis stats. So I, I've always been a believer that if it's not on, on the topic of something like social justice reform or something like that, that, you know, like you should not check other NBA players on something that like this if you haven't done shit in the NBA. Like he's won a championship, sure, but like who is Kendrick Perkins? Like, give me like who is Ryan Hollins to 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 uh, you know to, to to issue disparaging remarks of other players? You have to reach the level in order to even be able to comment on it. Kendrick Perkins averaged 5.4 points, 5.8 rebounds. If it's Shaq, that's one thing. But Kendrick Perkins? That's Are you tough. kidding me? That's tough. Listen, we live in the age of digital media, and everything in digital media is clicks. And who is at the hierarchy of clicks on social media? It's SportsCenter. It's ESPN. And I used to think ESPN was this network that hires really – really smart, talented individuals. And sure, there certainly are. And then there's Stephen A. Smith, Max, and Kendrick Perkins, which is just a cesspool of I don't know what on ESPN. So this is a show that's televised where the three of them on there are basically unchecked and can say whatever nonsense comes to their head. Well, in Kendrick Perkins' massive head, he didn't think that he should maybe say Joel Embiid is taking precaution Maybe this, maybe that. No, he said he should opt out of playing. Well, Kendrick Perkins, you should opt out of broadcasting because you're an idiot. This is not the first take you've had that was stupid. It's one of the men you've had. You consistently have stupid takes, and you very rarely have good ones. So this here, you can add to the accolades for stupid take number one, two, three. It doesn't matter. It's a stupid take, and it's just seeking for attention and, and clicks. And that's not the worst of it, right? Kendrick Perkins followed up Stephen A. Smith, who criticized Joel Embiid for playing video games. Austin, you see this right here? Looks like a video game to me. That's my TV. You see this right there? That's my Xbox. Austin, for two weeks, you and I talked about what on the feed to Embiid? 2K. 2K, exactly. Now, how old are you? I'll be 24 in a week. I'm 20 years old. What do you think the difference is between us two and a 26-year-old? He's playing video games, and he's 26. You can do that. So there's a clear age gap, or a generational gap, I should say, with Stephen A. Smith and people our age. Because Austin, other than, I guess, going out, the thing I do most is play video games. And I think the same can probably be said for a lot of people our age and for a lot of players in the NBA. I played Jason Tatum in the Annie up three weeks ago on 2K. Should should Kendrick Perkins criticize Jason Tatum because he's playing me in 2K and not taking care of his son? Come on. Yeah. So for, for these guys to criticize Joel Embiid for playing video games and potentially having sex with his wife or girlfriend, whoever it is, do you seriously have nothing better to talk about? Like, come on. I don't understand.
it's also like this. Like, if he's playing video games, he can't go out. If he can't go out, he can't be in an environment with people who are trying to get him in trouble. If that's the case, he can't possibly get in trouble. Wouldn't you rather him playing video games than him going out and, and, and putting himself in a bad situation potentially? I mean, I'm not saying Joel Embiid's prone to like 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 a fight or anything, but that's the reality. People will try to pick with him if they can because they want to get that fame. They want to, you know, they want they want to be jackasses, and that's what happens. So, would you prefer that Stephen A. or would you prefer him playing video games? He's not harming anybody playing video games. He's still paying his taxes at the end of the year. Who cares what he does in his free time? I care that he comes to work and gets the job done and performs. He can do whatever he wants in his in his in his free time. And that's playing FIFA. So fucking be it. Who cares? Exactly. I mean, Stephen A said he didn't believe Joel Embiid was just going to be playing video games because his girlfriend will potentially be there in his hotel room. What are you talking about? Like that doesn't even make sense. The thing that I'm the thing that I'm I'm questioning is like, all right, Joel Embiid is seven feet tall. If he sneaks out, how many guys are seven feet, 280 pounds that look like Joel Embiid? Like, is he going to throw on the glasses, nose, and mustache combination and just walk out and go on some rides at Disney World? Like, if he said he's going to be playing video games, that's what he's going to be doing. And and I don't think that's an outlandish thing to say. It, it was just a general statement. I don't trust anybody here. I'm not messing with anybody here. So I'm going to stay my ass in my hotel room and play FIFA, which is probably what he does on a normal day. So I think the media is just reaching here, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I can tell you're not happy about it. Um, let's move on to Ben Simmons. Um, ben Simmons says, I'm feeling better than I was when I started this season. So to me, that means two things. One, it means, okay, that for a while there was some sort of unspoken you know, whether however significant it might be, some sort of health concern. Because if if you're feeling better now than you were at the beginning of the season, and I, and I don't know how to grade that on a scale, like how he felt then versus now, but that means that you might not have been feeling great at the beginning. So in which case they did it, they, they again were, you know, deceptive of the fan base. And again, they, uh, you know, that it, it let him play through an injury. And, um, but I, I will say this. I think it's great that he that he feels better. I still don't buy the fact that this thing is just gone. I, I don't I don't think it's gone. Back backs are very weird like that, and I think I think you have to find a way to sort of keep him in shape in these eight regular season games, but also find a way that you can preserve him. You need to preserve Ben Simmons for this first round series for this you know for the, for this playoff run. Because um, I'll tell you this: if he go, if he goes down once. I don't think it's worth it. Just you, you, that's it. I don't think it's worth it. And, and so, you know, I, I think it's a good thing, but I also think that we have to take this cautiously. Don't, you know, we can't just rush him back to 38 minutes per game playing, you know, as the most dominant ball handler. Um, and, you know, having, you know, tasked with the, in tasked with the, with the hardest assignment, you, you have to find a way to, to, to bring him back gradually and slowly and not so aggressively. Because I think the more you can preserve him, the better chance this team has of advancing. Okay. So is is that in the first eight games you're talking about or even in the playoffs as well? First eight games. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. I think for Philadelphia, like I said, I, I, I want Philadelphia to have Boston in the first round. So I would not be completely opposed to maybe load managing in the last eight games to keep that six seed. But I can't imagine a world where that exists. I think Philadelphia does everything they can to potentially move up. And I do think there's a lot of risk for injury, of course, when you just throw players back into the fire and, and they're being asked to, like you said, play a, a lump sum of minutes. But I think at the same time, the only way to really get players back up to game speed and get their conditioning straight and make sure that their cardio is good enough where they can play the duration of a game and then do it in a night or two, the only way to do so is really forcing the players to play an uncomfortable amount in the first eight games. Uh, so what I think happens with Philadelphia is maybe in the first couple, uh, Ben Simmons' minutes are, are allocated differently. He might play more in a front-loaded game where he's playing in the first half and gets rest later on or something else. But uh, honestly, I, I think the, the best way to get players 
well acclimated is to give them as many minutes as possible in the first eight regular season games. Yeah, and I, and I I would normally agree with that, but number one, I think that this is a deeper rooted back issue than they ever let on. Okay. And two, I think this is an issue that's been that's been around for a while, and I think that it's it, it's 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 not like a ticking time bomb per se, but it's something that if you if you don't handle it delicately, it can come back like, like one movement. No you pun move, Oh boy! <laughs> he, oh boy! <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he, 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 he tweaks it, moving, you know, doing one thing, and then you know, it's it, it's curtains. Um, so I think you have to be careful. But I, I do agree with you. I think you you can't you can't play scared. You can't you know play with fear. You got to run out and take care of business. And if it happens, it happens. But I I, I think that this that this whole circumstance with the bubble with the, with, 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 the, with the situation where it'll be quarantine and how long you have to quarantine if you indeed test positive, that can really hurt the Sixers or it can really help the Sixers too. And in a situation where it really hurt, where it really helped the Sixers where a guy like um, Giannis or a guy like uh, Jason Tatum gets diagnosed with COVID or get test positive for COVID, they the quarantine, you have an opportunity to strike there. And it would really be like <laughs> shitty if Ben Simmons – isn't healthy enough to play, and then you don't take advantage of that opportunity. So let me ask you, what what worries you more, a Ben Simmons back reaggravation or Ben Simmons getting COVID? I don't know. It's a tough question. I mean, obviously, COVID would be worse because it's your it, it's COVID. Like you, like people are dying in their twenties from that right now. Having the unfortunate. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ha- having said that, I mean. I guess he's not high risk. I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I guess it's COVID. It's got to be COVID. I would say the back. Because listen, if Ben Simmons, no, 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 no. I don't know. If he gets COVID, knock on wood. I'll tell you, ask, you ask a question and neither of us know the answer. <laughs> neither of us have it. If he gets COVID, but the back is okay, he still doesn't play, right? Yeah. But if his back hurts and he doesn't get COVID, he just doesn't play. So I, I think Ben Simmons getting COVID <laughs> might worry me a little more. The didn't hell with just, his back injury. Didn't I just say that? <laughs> yeah, so I had to disagree to just say the same thing you said just a little better. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, let's let, let's uh, let's move on to, to, to Tobias Harris here. Uh, Harris goes on a first take a couple, couple weeks ago. Maybe I think it was last week. I forget when. But he says, I'll just say, and I'll keep it real, we haven't had the best chemistry throughout the whole year. It took us a while to keep – to kind of get uh, everyone together, we battled injuries from the start to the end. And right now, if we're if we're the sleeper, then we're the sleeper. Truth be told, how we're viewed at someone else's opinion. But I know when I look in my guys into the in the eye and we have conversations, we have one goal in mind. That's to go out there and play and win a championship. So he admits that they've had chemistry issues all year long. He admits it on national TV, on a national stage with with, with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman or whoever it might have been that day. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's just another sort of – not, not like a slant, but like, you know, a, a, a stab at the fact that this team has struggled with chemistry all year long, whether that be through health or through fit or through just meshing together. Things have not been ideal. I don't really think this should come as a surprise to a lot of people because – If you remember in December or one of the first few months of the season, Josh Richardson said there was an accountability problem in the Sixers locker room. And then a month and a half later, he calls for a player only meeting. So here's what you have going on. I'll take you inside the Sixers locker room from this. Okay, do it, do it, do it. You've got a head coach that nobody in there wants to listen to and nobody likes. And then this knucklehead says it's either team Joel or team Al Horford. So now you have a whole band of brothers that don't want to listen to their coach. And to make matters worse, the locker room is split. And do I think that's the complete truth? Not exactly, because if you could be friends with Joel Embiid or Al Horford, I think that's a no-brainer. But at the same time, I think it was coming from a lot of players. I think Joel Embiid was dissatisfied early in the season. I think Josh Richardson wasn't happy with the accountability prime, and he was vocal about that. I'd be lying if I said I didn't think Ben Simmons was displeased at a point in this season with either his teammates or the coaching. I just think a lot of players were utilized incorrectly. 
And I think the fit with Joel Embiid and uh, Al Horford is a lot more clunky than people may think. Uh, so that's, of course, going to divide a locker room. But I do think with some time off and uh, Tobias Harris really becoming a vocal leader and Josh stepping up throughout the season of, as, a, as a vocal leader, I think tides are going to be different. Uh, I think the, the the tables may have turned for the Sixers and they could come out of a different team. But I could just be over optimistic. I have to really see when they come out and start playing what this team looks like altogether again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I did think it was interesting that when asked about like the leadership of the team, a lot of guys pointed back to Tobias Harris. And even Josh Richardson said, like, going forward, I need to keep playing defense the way I always do and try to be consistent and vocal. I think our team needs to be a little bit more vocal going forward. So a bunch of guys have commented about the leadership of the team, the verbal leadership of the team, the ability to pull them together and say, this is what we're doing wrong. This is what you, you need to do better. This is how I can be better. This is how we need to be accountable. And they've all mentioned that. And what that means is they don't think it's all on their coach. They think that, that they ha- as players have to find a way within themselves to hold each other accountable, to come together and be stronger together by, by, by being constructive and, you know, looking, looking their, their, their teammate in the eye and saying, you know, I need this from you. You need this from me. But the fact of the matter is that they're, they're, it doesn't sound to me like they're saying that it's Brett Brown who needs to be the one to hold us more accountable. He does need to do a better job of accountability. I agree with that 100%. But I don't think that they're saying that this is on Brett Brown to keep us accountable. This is on us as men, as players, as teammates, as veterans of, this, of the NBA to you know pull each other aside and say, get it together. You're not doing this. We, we, we need to be better at doing this. You know, and, 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 and that can go a lot farther than a, I think a coach can, can, can take you at times because the coach is not there playing. Coach is, the coach is, 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 is your general. Um, but they, they've, all, they've all mentioned the fact that you know, th- their leadership has been, ha- has been scarce at times. But when it has been there, it's been in the form of Tobias Harris. I think he's been a very vocal guy for them, whether it be – you know, publicly or behind closed doors. And, you know, I know people want to talk about Tobias Harris's contract. They want to say he hasn't lived up to it. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't performed. He's not averaging 25 points a game, whatever. You don't always pay just for a guy to show up and get buckets. I mean, you, I mean how many times do you hear about guys who, who can play, but they actively drive, a, you know, they, 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 they drive, a, a, you know, a, a knife between the team because they don't help bring the, bring the team together. They don't serve as that glue. I think Tobias Harris serves as that glue. And even if he's not giving you the 25 points per game, I think he's the guy on this team that has emerged as that voice, as that locker room presence, that guy that says, you know, this is what we have to do better. Joel, you have to, you know, you, you, you gotta, um, Call out more, you know, on screens. You have to drop down. You know, you drop down quicker. Ben, you got to be more aggressive when they're giving you this lane. Uh, Josh, you're not taking this angle. I need you to do that. I think. I think Tobias has become that guy, and I think that the value that he brings to the team is kind of not unspoken, but it's certainly underrated. I'm going to agree and disagree with a couple of parts. So <laughs> here's where I'll start. And Austin, I, I used last week as motivation to start a Tobias Harris video. Is Tobias Harris a superstar? I've crunched a lot of numbers, and I can't wait for the video to be out. I'm not going to give my Here opinion. <laughs> It'll be out this weekend. So anyway, I think that the reason Philadelphia needs a new head coach is wow. because they need a new voice in the locker room. And I don't think that voice is Tobias Harris. Now, while Tobias Harris is a fantastic vocal leader, maybe on the court and off the court, he's probably, I don't even want to want to rank them. He's just a brilliant man off the court. I mean, he's constantly doing charity events or fundraisers, and, and, and he's just very active off the court. So for that, I agree. You, you pay him his market value. He's the 10th highest, played, highest paid player in the NBA right now on, on an annual basis for a reason. I don't think he's the best player on Philadelphia. And because of that, I don't think his voice 
would be the end-all be-all voice. And I think because of that, it's tough for a guy like Tobias Harris, who's I think he's 27 or 28, to tell a 24-year-old Ben Simmons who's making, I mean, nearly the same amount of money as him to do something. And that's why I think Philadelphia needs a new voice as their head coach because I, I, I don't think Ben Simmons – it's not a maturity thing. I just don't think he's that type of player. I, I don't think he's really a dog in the sense that he's going to get on his teammates' ass in the locker room or on the court. I don't think Ben that type of player. I don't think Joel Embiid's that type of player either. I think both of them are fantastic ball players, and when it's business, they can hoop. But I, I think there is an accountability issue with the both of them. They're very young, and they got over $140 million before they turned over 26 years old for both of them. I mean, Ben Simmons isn't even 25 yet. He already has more money than me and you will ever see combined in our lives. Well, let's and, let's, and, take it, let's take it easy here. Let's, let's, let's all right, so, so let's keep the ceiling high for Brock and Austin. All right. <laughs> anyway, I, I I just don't I just don't think because there, there is definitely a hierarchy on the Sixers that Tobias Harris can be the vocal leader in the sense that he's going to tell a guy, Joel, get your ass in the post. You can't be standing out here at the three point line. Or Ben, what what kind of a turnover was that? Did you even see where you throw the ball? Stuff like that. I, I just really haven't seen that from Tobias, and I'm not sure he's really fulfilling that role. Uh, that that could be happening behind closed doors, but that's just from what I've observed in watching the Sixers. Uh, so because of that, I think that the Sixers' new voice needs to come in the form of the head coach. But then again, Brett Brown is always scapegoated, so you you, you really never know. It's fair. Um. They did touch on the issue of social justice, and I want to be careful here because I don't want to, you know, marginalize everybody or under undervalue any situation here. But I thought that Mike Scott and Josh Richardson really um, did a good job, and they made good points with what they said. Josh said it came from a place of this is regarding the the the, the um, reported messages that were approved to go in the back of the NBA jerseys during the return to play to commemorate social justice and those kind of things. Um, Josh says it come, it came from a place of good intention, but I think it's tough to limit on how people are feeling. I think that is exactly the issue. I think he nails it on the head there by trying to constrict and, and, and pre-approve a list of phrases that the players are out the, are out the way. You're effectively putting a limit on to how vocal we want them to be on how important this matter is to the betterment of our society about, you know, um, how to feel and that's almost part that's kind of part of the issue as well is that we we need is that they're putting a boundary on this discussion when this is a discussion that needs to be had without the comfort of boundaries i completely agree so you you can use the nba in this bubble as a marketing opportunity but you can also use it as a platform to advocate for social reform and no matter how many times you put Black Lives Matter on the buses that transport the players or on the courts, the people that are risking their lives every single time they suit up and go play in this bubble are the players that should have the loudest voices. And the only way they can express that is either through their jerseys or publicly to the media. And there could be potential fines for players if they say something or the team might not allow them to speak to the media in a certain way. And now with limited media availability, that opportunity, it might not be ample for players. So I think taking the 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 right away for players to put whatever they want on the back of their jersey, it is really constricting and, and it could be problematic. Now, the argument on the other side would be, what if a player like John Morant actually got to put what he wanted to put on the back of his jersey on it? Are you familiar with what he put? No. Okay. Since I know my uh, I know my old man's watching, and this quote can be taken out of context. Let me. Uh, Wait, your dad's watching this? Yes, he is. What's up? Tell him what's up. I didn't plan this. <laughs> All right, so this is what John Morant wanted on the back of his jersey. Okay. Okay. That's... And he can't. And, and that's what the other side would argue. How are you going to let somebody put that in the back of his jersey if there's kids tuning in? If there's people watching it that, that may be sensitive to a topic like Well, why can't you say you can put whatever you want on it, just don't curse? Or is your that's or, a are great you, alternative? I agree. Let's tell let's go tell Adam Silver that. Yeah. 
I wonder, and I'm sure this is probably, I'm just naive and this is probably something that's, that, that, that's definitely the case, but I wonder if like the money has something to do with why they're doing it. And I'm sure it does, but it would be really like disheartening if we find out later that, Oh, there is something about the bottom line involving this, which is why they put a limit on what the guy, what you can put on the Jersey. Um, I also thought like maybe spacing would be an issue with like, like on the Jersey and how that comes off. But I think it, I mean, would it shock you if they tried to sell those jerseys? What with like vote or equality or, or yeah. yeah, that's enough on the back. That would be kind of sick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the NBA. Nah. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past. Nah. They were selling, uh, what were they selling? I remember a couple of months. What was they, they, they redesigned the all star uniforms this year, right? Or the rising stars uniforms. I don't know. They were selling like Zion Williamson rising stars uniforms before like two or three weeks before the game. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't put it past the NBA, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to, I want, we do have time left. So I do want to dive in um, to, to one thing that's been very funny to me. Um, and before, before we, we get into that, I want to let the viewers know that if you have questions, feel free to leave them in the chat. We have time left. We will answer them. Um, and if not, we'll get to them next pod, hopefully. Um, but the Brooklyn Nets are in quite a, a predicament. <laughs> um, they began the season with Kyrie Irving, amending a, a Kevin Durant, Torian Prince, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a bunch of other very, very capable players. <laughs> they have now been resorted to Karis LeVert. Um, uh, who, who, who's the big guy? The uh, uh, guy with the fro. Jared Allen. Jared Allen, right. They just signed Michael Beasley. They just signed Tyler Johnson. They just signed Jamal Crawford. <laughs> What a what a wild change of events! Like from the beginning of the season to now, and that that's like a microcosm of how weird this whole season, this whole year has been. The fact that they that they started off with Kyrie and Dinwiddie, and now they're on to Tyler Johnson and Jamal Crawford. Like, 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 how do we get here? You know, what we need we need we need a a hoodie AK. Hoodie Austin Krell video in an LA fitness or your local YMCA, and we got to post it, and maybe Brooklyn will sign you. And this is what it feels like, right? If you've played 2K my career or my league, you get to a certain point in the video game where it's like 2027 or 2025, and you just don't have the salary to sign players. Maybe you sign them all in your first two years as a GM, and then they just fill the roster with a bunch of league minimums. And you look at the roster after everything's finalized and you see like seven new names at the bottom. And it's guys that have been lingering in free agency for three years, like Gerald Wallace or, or just random names. Uh, so for Brooklyn, look, I understand why it happened. Everybody on their team is hurt or they can't travel due to coronavirus or they're sitting out due to family. I mean, everybody on that team essentially is not going to Orlando. That's disrespectful to Karis LeVert. Because Karis LeVert's a guy who averaged nearly 20 points a game. He did it efficiently, so I'm excited for that opportunity. But it is really unfortunate that now Karis LeVert has to suit up with the other disciples on Brooklyn. And those disciples are Tyler Johnson, who has gone from three teams in the past couple of months, rightfully so. Uh, Jamal Crawford, who's almost as old as my dad, who hasn't been on the team in a year. And last but certainly not least, Michael Beasley. And the reason why I said we need a hoodie AK video is because this dude, Michael Beasley, was posted in a gym a couple of weeks ago balling on the comp, and now this guy got a job. Brooklyn signed him. Listen, you just got to put me and Kai Carlin out there on the court. <laughs> I, watched, I watched that. That's what I wanted to talk about. How did that go? How did that go? You won, right? I, no. I, listen, yeah, I saw You didn't win. I started, <laughs> I, started I, off, I started off slow, but the jump shot caught on quickly. And let me tell you, when I'm feeling it, I get very hot very fast. And I was pulling from like 35 feet, and I'm like, I got no idea where this is going. And it's all, it's all, it's on that, it's on nylon. I'm snapping there. I'm, I'm snapping that. You get, you get that, 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 a sound, a beautiful sound on the net. 
And uh, it, it was a fun time. Kyle and I had fun. He outbodied me. I wasn't in basketball shape by any stretch. I'm still not in basketball shape, but he outbodied me. I need to go to the Brock Landis I, University of Fitness. I have been months removed, probably like four months removed from, from that university. All right. Listen, I'm in peak shape right now, peak physical uh, shape to play basketball. Okay. Okay. I challenge Austin Krell. I challenge Kai and whoever else. If you want to run one-on-one, if you want to run horse, pig, free throw contest, whatever it may be, you know where to find me. Atlantis Brock on Twitter. Whoever wants to step up to the plate, you know where to find me. It's you're certainly making a case. Michael Beasley can hoop though. Like he 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 he's one of those guys who he's gotten older, but he's always been a skilled offensive player. He can never stick because of his defense. <laughs> oh yeah. M- Michael Beasley's been getting buckets for a long time. He did it in the United States. He did it outside of the United States. He did it in the NBA and other leagues. Michael, Michael Beasley's been getting buckets for sure. I, I I'm just not really positive what Brooklyn's going to roll out. Like what is that starting five going to look like? Well, I know Karis Levert's going to average like 40 points a game. And that's so is Jamal Crawford starting, or is he just relegated to a six-man role? Like I, I'd assume he's he's a six-man. I think you start. Oh. I think you start Tyler Johnson. Okay, Jared. They have one big. <laughs> one big is Jared Allen. The next biggest player is six nine. Yeah, Nicholas Claxton isn't playing. I don't think Wilson Chandler's not playing. I mean, they're they're looking down bad. It, to put it nicely, Brooklyn it's, is looking down bad, but it's, strange it's, things have happened. It's it's not looking great for the Nets. I guess they start Jared Allen. They start uh, Tyler Johnson. They start um, Levert. I guess you start Jamal Crawford. <laughs> I guess you, oh, you, you, you sign the guy at the block. You sign you're, maybe Zanin Musa. I I, I I don't I don't know, but that's a tough that's a tough ask. That's a tough ask for a front player playoff series. They might as well. Just drop to that eight, take a vacation. See you next year. <laughs> You're right. They they honestly, that would be that would be funny. I, they probably won't be allowed to do that just because of seating and everything. But that would be funny if they seceded from this tournament and went into the losers tournament. What do you think of that losers tournament? I it's it's so obviously it, it's so obviously a money grab. It's it's so, it's so dumb. I don't think the players want to go. I don't want to watch it. I like. I. I don't but you understand. Know you, the but you know you will. You know I'm you will going watch to. It. I'm going to. But I just don't understand the premise of a second place tournament in a different bubble in the midst of a pandemic. Like it doesn't make sense to me. But it's a money grab. It's definitely a money. We grab. know what it is. It's that they, that they want to get to that seventy game plateau so that they for can the get. They can, yeah. For the for the, yeah yeah. They're, they're, it's it's a money game. It's a sick money game. But I think they're they're they need like I think it's either literally eight or they need like six more games to fulfill the the seventy game regional sports network deal. So what if do you're you wondering why there is an eight eight game regular season? That's exactly why. Yeah. What do you think of the meals that the, you're seeing down there in Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> the airport food. I went to a public school and we probably had better food for, for lunch than these NBA players are getting. I, okay. I didn't know the WNBA had a bubble. So they have a bubble, right? The, the WNBA is doing like a tournament. They have a bubble. I saw somebody tweet that there was like a huge worm on the floor in somebody's hotel. The laundry room had rats. Like, I don't know. Some, somebody was, somebody was not happy with how the WNBA bubble has turned out. It looked like my looks like my freshman year laundry room. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Except we had worse things than rats living in that room. Oh, we, had, we had we had people living in that room. Did you really? I don't know if they uh, they didn't live there. They just they, weird stuff was going on that they 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 frequented that that the laundry room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some things are just better off not being said. Don't ask you, questions. I want the answer. To. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever? found yourself liking an airplane food enough to eat it like regularly i've only been an airplane once to where fort lauderdale for a wedding did you did you fly back or did you just yeah no i just stayed in fort lauderdale well you said you went on a plane once you went down there one way shut up 
Obviously, twice, no, no. Twice, okay. Twice, twice, twice. Twice. I've that, only been on an airplane twice, and I, I have never consumed airplane food. I'll tell you something. There are two things you can get on an airplane that are good. Three. Alcohol, number one. Okay. Number two. You can get really good garlic mashed potatoes on an airplane. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> what airplane are you taking? I've had some late night meals on an airplane. I think I was like coming back from LA or something like that. And I was like, this kind of box. This tastes kind of good. I think I can I can mess with this. How many how many times have you rode an airplane? Rode on an airplane. Oh, we 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 fly all the time. A lot. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This um, dude just said he, he flew back from LA or something. He didn't know like that. Like that wasn't a big just nonchalantly, I don't know. We flew Wait. back from LA or some. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we, we I just have, managed to find garlic mashed potatoes on a flight from LA. Like, yeah, like sitting there, like I have the garlic mashed, the lobster tail. <laughs> um, but and then then another thing that you can get, they're called Biscoff cookies. They're they're, they're called like Lotus cookies. They're really really good. They're like sugar cookies. But I tried them on a plane once, and I have an obsession with them. And I'm I'm someone who. I'll like subconsciously eat in the middle of the night. I'll wake up and I'll have like a bag of chips next to my bed. I'm like, how do I get this here? I wish that's the only thing I ate in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so like, like I'll, I'll go downstairs and I'll be fishing around for these cookies. I'll come back upstairs and I'll go up at like six and I'll be like, how did I get these cookies here? Why are they like, why are there 16 gone? <laughs> that's why you're, that's why you didn't beat Kai. You're eating too many damn cookies in the middle of the night. <laughs> but Joel said he's going to lose 50 pounds. He might actually lose a lot 50. of weight. 50? Did, did you see his Instagram post? I'm not on Instagram. I don't have an Instagram. What is this? Never been on a plane doesn't have Instagram. What is going on here? You can't catch me. You, <laughs> I'm, I'm one step ahead. You can't catch me. Well, Joel posted a picture of his meal, and it was like dried pasta noodles, a sal- couple salads, a couple like – Prepackaged things, a big breast of like grilled chicken, and his response was like, "I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose fifty pounds in this bubble." <laughs> yeah, he's not voluntarily doing that. Boy wants Chick Fil A and Popeyes. He's just got to settle for that crap. Can you cook in the bubble? I wonder if you can make your own food. Probably not, because you'd have to I, get groceries, right? I want. They should allow you to bring personal chefs down. Uh, they they might honestly. You can. I, I think. You can't bring an entourage, as far as I know, but I do know you can have certain people there. Like, I would not be surprised if a player did bring a personal chef. Some players might not have girlfriends or wives. Some people are like me. They just like to eat. I'd bring a personal chef. I don't have a girlfriend to bring. Damn, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather bring a personal chef. Well, I will say – Well, so you, have you heard that it's like the 24 to 48 hours before – They'll get like for like all the chefs will be through quarantine and then they'll be able to eat real meals. I didn't hear that. Yeah, so that was apparently, apparently that's a thing. And the meals from yesterday today do look a lot better, but I can't imagine you're gonna have guys being able to sit there and eat those little freaking like lunchable meals Lunch trays, for, yeah. for, for, for 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 three months. And then did you see uh, today Rondo goes like. Um, he goes like, like, like this is a damn Motel Six. <laughs> it probably is. Like they don't want to be no, there. They're they're nice. They're nice hotel rooms, and it pissed people off on Twitter because people are like, "This is not a Motel Six. This is a okay, this is okay. a, a nice ass hotel room." I okay, I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. Well, he is Brock Landis. Brock, do you have any closing remarks for the for the viewers? I have a Tobias Harris video coming out this weekend. If you want to know if he's a superstar or not, you got to tune in. I like the I like the mystique in that. Um, Jimmy Butler and I are, are still at odds. Apparently, I did read that. I, I, I saw. <laughs> honestly, Austin, you've been grinding your ass off. You've been in, you've been doing a really good job this past week or two. I, I saw the Simmons article, the Butler article. You were on the radio. You did a podcast. I'm listen. I'm 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 taking notes. I'm taking notes. Everybody's got to eat right now. I got to set an example. That's all. But so on on Sunday, Jimmy. But by the way. The only reason that anyone cares about what Jimmy Butler does at 3 a.m. is because of how corny he is to make sure that we all know that he purportedly works out at 3 a.m. He goes – the, the quote was like, 
y'all were in your third your, your third REM cycle or whatever it was, your third dream when I was getting like when I was getting buckets. And I'm like, sir, you're shooting 24% from three with a career with a career high in turnovers per game. What were you doing playing dominoes at 3 3 in the morning in the gym? And all of a sudden they got the little Miami Heat fans in, in, in my mentions. I got death threats in my DMs. I even got my first hate email. <laughs> my, I, I'm looking. I'm, I, I get this. I get this buzz. I'm getting food, and I get this. And the, the the subject line is like is like Sixers, and then it's like F you, man. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I went to Chipotle the other day. Okay, bro. I ordered food from Chipotle for pickup on the Chipotle app. The order goes through. They get my money. I go to Chipotle and they didn't let me in to get my food. They didn't even make the freaking burrito. I called up like, so you just didn't even make it? No. So long story short, I've been emailing Chipotle for three days. I wish someone would email me that. I've been sitting at my email waiting for them to answer me. Come on. Like they didn't even get back to me. Did you even get Chipotle? The next day, but I had to pay for it. I should have a free burrito. They haven't contacted me yet, Austin. If so, you're the Sixers fan that said that to Austin, maybe email Chipotle for me. Maybe they'll listen to you. It was a Heat fan. And then the next day, they had a podcast. There was like this like Five Reasons Why Network, something like that, had a podcast in Miami. They did an entire segment about me. You should be flattered. <laughs> you should be flattered. And it was just like they were like so angry, and I'm like, I'm not like I, I'm not upset about Jimmy Butler. I'm over that. I'm. I, it, it's annoying that he's so freaking corny about like, oh, I'm working at three thirty in the morning. Like, uh, like, dude, the reason you say that is because no one can prove you right or wrong. To be honest, I've never cared about anything Jimmy Butler has said in a negative way. Like, like I'm being serious. I'm really not on social media as much as I used to be. So when I see these quotes, like Kendrick Perkins quotes or just anything sports related, I, I'm so late because I, I just don't keep up with what people are saying on social media anymore. And to reinforce my point, like when stuff gets tweeted about Jimmy Butler working out at 3 a.m., it's just like anything else to me. Like I just scroll past it and I don't even care. But God damn, Sixers Twitter, you guys won't let up. Like, and, and you're the rig leader, Austin. I can understand why Miami's getting mad. You know what we got to do? We got to do. We got to call out that podcast to a two-on-two basketball game. That's the only way. Jesus Man, that's the only way. They'll be, they'll be throwing elbows and shit at me, and I'll, and I'll be getting hit in the face and stuff. <clears throat> well, he is Brock Landis. I am Austin Krell. That's Krell TPL. Find me on Twitter. Find him on Twitter at Landis Brock. Brock does a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job with the videos and his articles. He breaks down and answers your most pressing questions about the Sixers. Mainly, um, is Tobias Harris going to be a is, is Tobias a superstar? And then he he's going to break it down for you. I got scouting reports coming out soon. I've been, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus recently with the scouting reports. I've had other things to work on, I, with, with mainly the articles, the podcast, the radio appearances. But I'll be back on that grind soon. <clears throat> He's Landis Brock. I'm Krell TPL. Uh, as always, thank you for, for listening to the Feed to Embiid and watching us live tonight. We're, we're going to be on StreamYard live um, more, uh, hopefully more, and streaming on Periscope, YouTube, whatever it might be. If you have questions, feel free to put them in the chat. We'll be happy to answer them when we see them. Um, as all, and as, as, you know, and as always, stay safe. Have a great night, and we'll be back next time with an episode of the Feed to Embiid. I just saw the.